Hello friends, my name is Dave Miller. And I am Niles Bain, and we are your fuck buddies. We are an award-winning dating and sex advice podcast where we take your sticky, sexy situations and turn them into sexy, sticky situations. Simply put, we find questions either roaming in the wild, on the internet, or we get them sent in by our wonderful listeners and we answer them right here, right now, in your ears, for you. And for your listening, listening pleasure. Your listening pleasure. Uh, I apologize, I don't know if I sound weird. But I feel like I sound weird, like I feel, and I don't know if that's just because everything from like my my sinuses up feels like they're filled with Yum. all of the the stuff. Okay, nice. So well, I have a sore I, tummy, so I'm gonna pretend that's not happening. Yeah, we've we're just a bunch of <laughs> real old, sick bull. We're like old old dogs that you should maybe take out <laughs> back and just you know <laughs> tell the kids they went to heaven. Oh no, they went to live on a farm. Mm-hmm. But but Paul, we are all on a farm. <laughs> it's a nicer farm. It's a sky farm. A sky farm. You ready? I think so. Yeah. Uh this is Pete's core win. Pete scores win. Pete scores win. Give girlfriend the key to my house, but now she's controlling. Give my girlfriend the key to my house, and now she's pretty much moved in from her parents, which wasn't really my intention. We got into a big fight because she lied to me. Then told me better to live together to ease my mind. She's 21. I'm 23. I live in Boston. That's expensive. My parents actually help me to pay rent time to time, quite often, when I can't make ends meet. She doesn't pay rent here, but she refers to it as her house or our house. When we disagree, she says, we don't fight in this household and go to bed angry. It's gotten to the point where if we argue, she'll just show up to my house or already be sitting inside when I need space. I tell her this isn't her home. She's not in the lease or pays any bills. She jokes and says, you can have you time, but only for like half a day. You can go out and I'll stay home. I still want to date, but I want her to understand this is my home, my safe space, and she can't show up here as she pleases. However, on Friday, she doesn't have class, and I do, so she said she needs a key to lock up the house in case she leaves to run errands or comes to pick me up from school, which I appreciate. Any advice? Thanks in advance. And the poster is also a lady. Okay. This is something where you have to be very, very clear and very, very careful about who you give access to your place. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I understand 100% all of the things you're saying. My house, when I am single, or you know what? My house just in general, like my space is very, very sacred to me. And so is my like alone time. Mm-hmm. So I understand the situation you're in, and I understand the impact it can have on your mental health and your happiness and and all of that so i i get where you're coming from unfortunately you did kind of screw the pooch and not set expectations and boundaries and be very clear as to what this key was for um and i know a lot of people might be uncomfortable with that kind of stuff but it's 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 things like anything in a relationship where you set boundaries or you set expectations and stuff like if you think that you saying like, hey, I'm going to give you a key to my apartment, but it is really only for kind of emergencies or if you've stayed over and I have to leave early, I want you to be able to lock up and I don't want to wake you up, that kind of stuff. But it's not really a you dropping in. It's, it's, it's kind of only like when I'm around kind of situation. And if you feel uncomfortable saying that with your partner, you have to really think and be like, hey, am I with the right person? that setting expectations and boundaries might upset them. 
because I don't think it's an unrealistic expectation to be like, hey, we're dating. We are not living together. I'm giving you a key to my place under these conditions. Mm-hmm. Also, like someone should be fucking honored to get your key, not like demanding more or like upset that it's not a carte blanche, right? Yeah. And the thing is, I think it is understandable for them not to have set boundaries in a way because like to me, it would seem very fucking obvious that like you wouldn't just come over when you weren't wanted or you wouldn't be there all the time or you wouldn't move in or you wouldn't do all these things. But the best time was when you gave the key. The second best time is now set those boundaries. And if they're shitty about it, then yeah, you probably don't want to date this person because like if somebody doesn't care about your fucking boundaries it's not gonna get better that's the thing it's like if you now bring it up after the fact to be like hey i'm not really crazy about the way that you've been using this key i really respect my personal space i really respect my personal time and the key isn't meant for you to have as as you said like carte blanche on both of those things two things that are very important to me so i i'm gonna either have to ask you to respect these boundaries and lay out however you want the key to be used or give me my key back Mm -hmm. yeah i think that's it you know you really just need to set hardline boundaries and like you know i was gonna say be chill or be nice or like come at it in a non-combative way or whatever but like it feels like you've already asked them not to do these things and they've just kind of willfully trampled all over that so I don't have much hope of this going well, but like you're not going to be happy if they continue to do this and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. And like there are inherent risks of giving your key out to someone. Mm-hmm. Does it say how long they've been dating? It doesn't. Because I think that's like a giving a key out is when you should be like thinking about moving in. Yeah. Right. Like I, I think that is that needs to be the comfort level you have with someone of being like, I would live with you if the circumstances arose. I'm not saying you had to like jump into looking for apartments together, but like you should be at the place where like if for whatever reason one of you was getting evicted or one of you had to move or something, you would be comfortable with the idea of being like, okay, well, maybe we'll look for a place together now. I think that's where you should be in a relationship when you give out a key because there is this inherent risk of if this person snaps and gets fucking weird with you, Mm -hmm. they have a key to your place. And you have no idea if they've made copies for it. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what they've done while you're not there. You have no idea if there's cameras in the bedroom. You have no idea what's happened. So you need to be 100% sure that this is someone that you want to have unrestricted access to pretty much your entire life. And if you have any doubt about that, they should not be getting a key. Yep. Not saying that this is what this person is doing, but I think worth noting. Well, it's, you know, it's like everything we talk about in a relationship. It's like you you take it slow and you move through steps when it's appropriate to move through those steps. Giving someone a key or moving in with them or getting married are all huge things that you need to do with the right person for your safety and theirs. So if you give your key to someone, like, you could go and fucking get that cut tomorrow. You know, yeah. I mean, easy. You could do it today. You could, like, and then you've they've got access to your place forever. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like these are things it's like you need to know you trust this person. And like when you're already kind of being ignored and your needs are being like thrown to the wayside, you probably shouldn't trust this person. Uh, this is from Reddit user Hello World 2000s. Why do guys come faster when they jerk off? Do they enjoy it more than having sex? I love watching my boyfriend jerking off and I've noticed how he comes faster than when he's having sex with me. So I wonder why we're going to ask him anyway. 
but I would like to know other points of view. Uh, do they like it more than sex? No. Again, with the caveat of like sometimes you would prefer it to sex doesn't mean you like it more. And I'm sure there are some people out there who do like it more. I don't know. But in general, no. Why do they come quickly? Because I feel like, well, when you're jacking yourself off, you know exactly what you want and need. So when you need to go a little bit more quickly or a little bit more slowly or a little bit harder, etc., you don't need to hope the other person picks up on it. You just do it. And you know yourself very well. And it's a practice thing. And I also feel like for a lot of guys, when they jerk off, it's almost like this very utilitarian, like it's just done. You're not enjoying it. You're not languishing in it, really. Yeah, it's very rare that we take the time to romance ourselves or like, no. like there's no foreplay for us. We're like a couple slaps to get it hard and we're going at it. Like Fucking really like jerking it. Yeah. Like there's, there isn't, there's no foreplay, right? There's no, Even like also the term I'm going to a jerking it. It's like if you're <laughs> electrocuted, your body jerks around. It's, it's not a romantic or sensual or sultry. It's very abrasive and aggressive. And that's not to paint the picture that that's what masturbation is or should be or because like I've definitely had times where I have just really wanted to train myself, mm-hmm. you know, and I've and I've had a very hey, as uh, you should. You deserve it. Thank you. And I've had a very nice masturbatory experience. But a lot of the times it's just like. I'm very horny and I don't want to be this way at work. So I am going to jerk off before I leave because it's going to be a long 12 hours if I don't. Mm -hmm. But as I said, it's like, I'm sure most women can come using a vibrator faster than if they were having sex with someone or, or using their own finger. Like if you're playing fingers, you know, exactly what, you know, you don't stop going counterclockwise when it gets good because you're bored or whatever, you know exactly to keep going there. You don't like change the pace at the wrong time or go too hard or you're in control and you literally know exactly what your body wants. So I'm hoping the same is to be said for yourself. It's like having a psychic link to a sexual partner who knows exactly what you need the second you need it. Mm -hmm. Like, like of course it's going to happen faster. Don't worry about it. I, and I I assume that is going to be this guy's response of just being like, no, nah, I know exactly what I'm doing. And I've mm-hmm. I've also been doing this probably for years. Yeah, I've got <laughs> so, a lot of practice. Now, a lot of practice. Question asker, do not then think that this is him saying that you don't know what he needs. Because again, you are not psychic. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, I would take a blowjob that takes a little longer than jerking off. I would almost exclusively take those things. Yeah. I'm so, saying yeah. that you know there is, as you said earlier, as the caveat of like sometimes, sometimes, yeah, you, I, sometimes it, you do want to just jerk off and not have to deal with anything else. Mm-hmm. And it's something we've talked about before. With uh, and and I wanted to really state that because I think unfortunately it is a thing a lot of men get in trouble for. Where it's like, oh, we jerk off, but we didn't have sex, and it's like we're allowed to not want sex. We're in, we're allowed to jerk off. All these things we're allowed to do. So I just want to keep that narrative at the forefront. But like, I don't know a single person who's ever said that they like jerking it more than getting the blowjob or having sex. So don't yeah. worry about that. Uh, this is Anonymous Anani Masu Throwawai 61. Damn, like that's that. a, there's just like a lot of O's and it's it's fucking hard to read. I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to say, assume it's Anonymous Throwawai. Maybe they fell off a, a large step. <laughs> in the or they said it as they were running by someone. Oh, yeah. Not My boyfriend. Friend. 24-year-old male, 
is Mad Eye, 22-year-old female, slept with his friend slash co-worker, 25-ish male, after he begged me to do it. My boyfriend spent months trying to get me to sleep with another man because he thought it would be hot, like his own personal porn. I was against it at first, but he kept bringing it up and kept hyping up his friend from work, showing me pictures and how great does it be. The co-worker was part of the kink scene and pretty open about it, so he'd be okay with us unicorn hunting. I asked him for a one and done. I'd do it once, never again. If he still wanted after that, we'd have no choice but to break up. I love this man. I thought we were going to get engaged soon. I prayed he'd rethink it the closer we got to actually doing it, but then it did happen. The co-worker came to our apartment. I admit, he's attractive. Tattoos, muscled, well-groomed. Probably wouldn't have approached him if I were single at a bar, but I was still uneasy and he noticed. He kept asking if I was really okay with this. I lied and said I was. So we did it. Boyfriend was right. It was hot, but I still felt like shit afterwards. My boyfriend kicked the co-worker out of our apartment as soon as we were done before he helped me. After that, he started acting strange. For a month, we argued over tiny shit, things that 100% wouldn't have mattered four weeks ago. We got into a huge blow fight when I tried to initiate sex for the first time since it happened. He started screaming at me, asking who was better and if I'd gone to his co-worker's apartment to fuck again. Apparently, his co-worker was talking about a cute redhead he'd been with a few days ago at work, and cute and redhead was enough to implicate me in actual cheating. He kept going on and on about how much I'd screamed and moaned with his co-worker and didn't for him, how I said his name while with him, I kept reminding him it was his idea to do it. I was getting, It was getting so heated, I ended up shouting that his co-worker was a better fuck, but I hadn't cheated on him because I loved him and not the co-worker. He kicked me out of the apartment, so I went to a friend's house. A few hours later, I got a text from the co-worker. We exchanged numbers before we did it to chat, talking about do's and don'ts and what I was comfortable with, but I deleted it as soon as he was gone. My boyfriend went to work while he was off shift and laid into him about sleeping with me. It almost came to blows, but someone threatened to call the police. Co-worker asked if I was all right. I was drunk and a mess, so I might have overshared about the situation about what my boyfriend and what I said about sex with him. I'm not even sure if I meant everything I said, but it's what came out of me in the moment. But the coworker was a great guy, took my trauma dump, and assured me it was okay. Boyfriend contacted me earlier, saying he quit his job, wants me home again, and he's sorry, and he'd never asked me to do something like that again. But the friend I'm staying with said something I can't get out of my head. According to the coworker, he quit a few weeks ago, or quit a week ago, so why is he calling now? He never said we were broken up, so in that week, did he get even and cheat on me? Really, really cheat on me? I'm not sure I want to know. I just want to go home, be with my boyfriend, and never think about what I did, and I think he feels the same way, but I don't know what to do. I still love him so much. Yikes. That's a lot. First and foremost, I would like to give kudos to the coworker. He seems pretty fucking cool. He does seem pretty cool. The idea that, like, he did check in with you, like, the, the idea of, like, yeah, like, the the, the pre, like, sharing texts and, and kind of, like, figuring out what's what's good, that's great. Mm-hmm. And then, like, him picking up that you weren't into it, but... Or, like, you, at the very least, that you were nervous, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, picking up on those cues and, and reassure, like, being like, are you sure you want to do this? Mm-hmm. And I guess also even after the fact After well, the fact, right? too. I think that's another great thing of being, like, if... If that happened and then the dude showed up all pissed, I would I would also want to check in on her because domestic abuse, it, it would be very easy for me to believe that, like, OK, if you're trying to fight me, I really want to make sure that she's OK. So, yeah, first sure. and foremost, I want to sing this guy's praises. Seems great. Uh, second, I think this should be I know you say that you still love him and I do believe that that could possibly be true. But I also want to say that I think that this is a clear enough indication of what this relationship would be like no matter what. I could definitely believe that you will never do this again, and you could probably live a moderately happy life. But one, this is going to shadow over everything you do forever. Yeah. Forever. And this guy probably isn't going to let it go. I'm going to guess that every fight you have, it's going to come down to to this instance. 
And is that really something you want to live with for the rest of your life or even any longer than you've already dealt with it? I don't think so. I would say no. I would hope you say no. And really, I think that like that's that's it for me. I think this is a dude tipping his hand, showing it. He begged you to do a thing, immediately wasn't able to deal with it. And then instead of talking to you about that, like if he had afterwards been like, hey, that was a mistake. I did fuck up. I did not enjoy that. I'm sorry. That's one thing. But mm-hmm. to to hide it for a month and Take then it blow- on you for a month as well. Yeah, and then also try to get physically aggressive with the dude that he hand-selected. Like, Mm -hmm. all of it is red flags. accuse you and kick you out of the apartment and lie to you and do all this weird shit. Like, that's all red flags. The fact that he wasn't listening to you saying you weren't into this and kept pressing, red flags. Mm -hmm. This man is is a fucking flag factory. He's, He's printing these bad boys. He might as well be making like knockoff Canadian flags, but skipping the white part and just making mm-hmm. solid red flags. If he was a country, that would be his national flag. Yeah. Like, you know, like magicians and they like pull out the, the <laughs> handkerchief and then they're like, oh, oh, and it just like keeps going. That's him, but it's red flags and they don't stop. Yeah. It's multicolored. It. Yeah. Like this guy sucks. This guy sucks at every point in this entire thing. And he doesn't deserve you to go back. And, like, let's be fair. You probably shouldn't have, in the middle of a heated argument, yelled, he's a better fuck than you, kind of. You know you you know that wasn't great. But I think she recognizes that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, fuck this guy. And by that I mean, do not fuck this guy. Break up because this guy fucking sucks. And as Dane said, like, the behavior shown makes it pretty clear this isn't a kind of issue that's going away now. Like, it's not like, oh, he's good now. This is it. Wow, we've really crested a hump. This is still there. It's going to be latent. Nothing's going to be fixed. And honestly, I don't know what you can do to fix this. Because people like this don't let that shit go. Even if he does let it go. Even if he has buried this in his, you know, mental backyard. We've also, you've, he's, he's shown you how he deals with conflict. He shows you how to deal how he deals with emotions. He shows you yeah. how he deals with how how closed off he is about stuff as now said he forced you into a situation you didn't want to participate in punished Mm -hmm. you for participating in it finally wasn't open and honest about how he felt about it afterwards and then reacted violently Mm -hmm. maybe not towards you but violence was still involved and hey next time if it if there isn't a third party involved maybe that violence will be directed at you Mm -hmm. right you might have just gotten lucky that there was a dude involved that he could have thrown some swings at mm-hmm. next time. If whatever you've done incorrectly or something else that triggers him, maybe he's throwing swings at you. And I don't think that's worth the risk. Mm-hmm. I'd like, he also kicked you out. Do you want that hanging over you? Every time you guys get in an argument that you're going to get fucking thrown out in the streets by this asshole. And on top of that, he's just not a stable person. As Dane said, he went, he threatened violence. He presumably lost a friend. He presumably lost a bunch of friends and connections. And he also lost his job. So it's like this guy's now unemployed, angry, violent, upset. Like none of these things are great. I'm assuming he had some friends at work and I'm guessing at this point he doesn't. You know, so it's like this is not the kind of person you want to build a life with. And depending on what he does for a job, if it's a small community, mm-hmm. like if it's if it's one of those communities where like everything is kind of connected, like people are going to hear about this. Yeah. And do you really want to go to the company Christmas party and be like, "Oh, there's that chick who fucked that guy that he used to work with, and then they fought. <laughs> like, yeah, and the ah, thing is, like, 
if he's talking about like what happened, I very much doubt he's going to be like really angry and enraged and being like, well, yeah, I asked her to do it and then she did it and they're both in, in the right. But then I felt bad about it after. No, it's going to be like she fucking fucked him like they cheat, you know, like. He's going to paint himself as a victim, obviously. And like just societal standards, mm-hmm. you're going to be slut shamed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like even even if he does paint the the best picture, the glowing picture of exactly what happened, nine times out of ten, you're going to get the brunt of it anyway. Like you're going to be the fucking the slut that hooked up with his friend, right? Yeah. No matter what the, the actual context is. Mm-hmm. So dump this guy. Yeah, he's shown you everything you need to see and you need to listen. Yeah, you do. Good luck. I'm sorry this happened. You learned a valuable lesson. If something inside you says you don't want to do something, don't do it. Well, that's actually one thing I did want to mention. Like, don't do things you don't want to do. Yes. I'm I'm all for potentially entertaining partners' kinks and fantasies and all that kind of stuff. But if there's something you absolutely do not want to do, you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. It's also unfair to the guy because, like, if you pick up on some nervousness and you check in with them and you're like, are you okay? And you admit that you're lying and saying, yeah, it's like they're going to take you at your word, presumably. Right. So, yes, it's shitty. Like, I would hate to have after the fact found out that that wasn't what you wanted. Oh, I would would feel feel like like such a garbage. Oh, for sure. So, like, obviously, it's not fair on yourself, but it's definitely not fair on them either. You know, so don't just don't do those things. Yeah, I definitely do feel bad for this guy because, like, if I found out after the fact that, like, one, this relationship imploded and, you know, I played a role in that regardless of my innocence in it, mm-hmm. still played a role, which sucks. And two, being like, cool, the only reason it happened was because she felt coerced. Nice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that sucks. It's, it's such a shitty feeling to feel. And and I, I feel bad for the dude. This is from Reddit user Lily and a bunch of numbers. I committed on a date. That I now have realized I don't want to go on. It's tonight. Do I follow through or cancel? He's taking me to dinner at a Christmas bar after. But I realized yesterday I'm not into him. This would be date number two. I've never been in this situation and I want to make sure I do the right thing. I've never canceled before, but starting to think that it would be the nicer thing to do. Yeah, for sure. We've talked about this before. Don't go on dates if you don't want to because you're kind of just, you're really just going and getting free shit. At that point. And I think that's kind of part of the draw. It's like, oh, I could go and still get these things bought for me. But like, mm, or like, oh, I want to protect their feelings. It's like, if you're still going to break up with them, it's probably going to be better if you don't make things go further. And if they, on a purely materialistic level, haven't put more shit in. So it's like the less they put in emotionally, time-wise and money-wise, the less it's going to hurt. So yeah. At the end of the day, if, if my option is... Someone says, oh, hey, I don't want to see you again or ghost me after date one. Or the option is they don't want to see me or ghost me after date two. That's a whole night I could have spent with someone else. Mm-hmm. Presumably dinner and drinks. You're looking at $100 easy. easy, you know, easy. I would rather have my feelings hurt than waste a night and a couple hundred bucks. Also, like you're obviously going to be trying to progress things, right? Whether that's becoming closer or like getting more physical or whatever. And it's like, there's nothing worse than being out on a date and trying to like vibe with someone and blah, blah, blah. And there's like that wall. You're feeling the awkwardness of trying to cancel before the fact. There's nothing worse than being there and knowing it's going badly and having to kind of like sit it out. Right. Or being like, oh, what did I do wrong? You know, so it's like, no, just fucking cancel. As hurt as this person will be, it's going to be less than any other scenario, really. Yeah. 
And like, look, if you don't want to be as blunt as, uh, hey, didn't feel the vibe, I don't want to waste your time, then like, make something up, you know, if you have to. But I honestly think I would way rather get, as a guy, I would way rather hear, hey, had a nice time, you seem really lovely, but I wasn't really feeling the vibe, thank you for your time, good luck. I would rather that than wishy-washy, because like, if you're like, oh, I'm really busy, or this or that, then I'm like, mm. okay, should I reschedule? Exactly. Is this you taking the easy way out? I don't know where I should stand. And then if I like, if you keep playing that sort of like vague, I don't want to make a firm statement, then I'm going to constantly be like, should I every now and then just kind of like shoot a shot? Be like, mm-hmm. hey, what are you up thing, to Wednesday? Like, you don't want to be kind of like a petulant child in a way where it's like, if someone's like, oh, I'm busy, and then you cut off contact, it's like, you could feel like you seem like, oh, they're busy? Fuck. But like, you also might be like, oh, shit, do they just not want to hang out? And it's it's annoying having to tread thread that line because like, if someone genuinely is busy, great. Like, that's fine. I'm, I'm glad they could reach out and tell me. Obviously, I understand. Yeah. But like, if they aren't busy, I don't want to bother them if they're just done. So be fair to you and them and just make it a clean cut. Yeah. And, and the more we normalize this, the more people who do this and the more we do this, mm-hmm. I think we're going to find a better dating culture anyway. Right. Like sure. if, if we stop being weird about being honest and whether or not we vibe with people, then we will stop ghosting. I mean, like you also like dudes also have to be cool. And, you know, everyone's got to be cool being rejected. But like, let's just let's just get into the habit of this. Let's just get in the habit of being like, sorry, I didn't vibe with you. Good luck mm-hmm. out there. Wish you the best. Mm-hmm. All right. This is just understanding. I, and this is from a different subreddit. This is from Ask Toronto. And guess what? We're fucking Toronto right now. I, 25-year-old female, want a hot girl phase and have fun, memorable experiences in my 20s. How do I achieve this? Let me explain. Up till now, I've had a boring life, in my opinion. Always put studies and career first. So I'm in a great spot having two undergrad degrees, a great challenging job with great pay, and passed my CPA exam. I have so much to be proud of, but it came with a cost. I don't think I made many or enough memorable friendships in uni, nor did I date much. I think I screwed myself over on that. The friends I have all moved away, have significant others now, or weren't close enough and faded. My best friend got married last year at a really early age, and due to cultural things, she just doesn't have time for anything except for family and in-laws now. So I'm honestly in the phase of my life where I just want to let loose, have fun, have cool experiences, travel, just anything where I can look back and feel glad I had certain experiences in my 20s now that I've established my career slash academic situation. I want to work on creating value elsewhere in my life, but it's hard when I feel absolutely alone and like a loser who's done nothing nor traveled. I live at home with parents still outside of GTA, think about moving to downtown Toronto where my work is, but I don't know if that'll help. I just want a hot girl phase, but when I say this, I even just wish I had friends who would stay in, have some drinks, and watch a movie with, or play board games with. So I've wasted another Friday night at home in my room like a loser literally scrolling through YouTube. Advice? I love this. This is great. I'm excited for you. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Uh, you you kind of nailed it at the end for me, because I my suggestion to you was going to be like, you need to find your ride or dies. Right. My life got so much better and so much more fulfilling when I found Niall and eventually, you know, amassed my boys. And now, like, I don't need to think that hard about what I need to do or what I want to do because I have five guys that could, you know, come up with something. Right. Whether it's, it's Niall and I going to a new craft beer place or a brewery or going to Boston like we did in the summer. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I know Niall is my travel boy. And then I've got 
you know, we have a, a, of another really friend who's always like going to see weird movies and shit. Great. Mm-hmm. Go to see a weird movie. Do escape rooms. You know what I mean? Like I've I've got like we've we've got this circle of friends that they're my experience just by knowing them. And just by yeah. doing the things that they're interested in, I get to experience all this weird shit. Like I've seen movies that I would never probably go see. I've gone to breweries with Niall, and certainly like I would never have gone on that Europe trip that we did if it wasn't for you. Most likely, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it it's all like a lot of my best stories start with well Niall and I or me and my friend and I or you know what I mean like it, it's it's never I did this it's always yeah. me and did this and I yeah. did those things because of them I think we're saying is uh, one love you two what you're saying is completely the same for me and three this is the most important advice here is is like find the people like the people is the most important part once you have yeah. the people this shit will follow. There isn't a night out or a crazy whatever, you know, not necessarily because I think like solo traveling could be super rewarding and amazing yeah. and all this stuff. But like, I don't think a night out at some club or whatever or anything is going to in any way stand up to even a shitty night with like friends who really matter. I don't yeah. think you can have an experience is what I'm saying that like necessarily will match up to having these people. Uh, if you do live outside the GTA, at home with parents, by all means, come to downtown Toronto. Yes. If, again, if that's something you want to do. But it's like you say you're you're doing well money-wise. Fucking great. You've got a good career. Awesome. Your career is actually down here. It probably will actually boost that then. But two, you'll be where the people are. You'll be where the things are. You'll be by yourself. You're You're in your 20s. You need to live by yourself. That's a huge step in your life. And it's a very important thing to do and and i think you're gonna find yourself so much more than when you're at home with your parents in the middle of nowhere yeah you need to that that's the other thing is yes you need to move out you need to leave Mm -hmm. your parents you need to fly free if you have the money get a place in toronto toronto is a wild city in the sense that there is like something for everyone there is Mm -hmm. i mean quite literally the best bar in north america is in toronto you've got you could fucking think of one of the best food scenes, one of like the least pretentious. I mean, some places are pretentious, but like mm-hmm. there isn't like we, we haven't solidified ourselves as like foodie city yet, despite mm-hmm. the fact that we are 100 percent a foodie city. It's it, the, the cuisine here is incredible. The craft beer. Very mm-hmm. good. Right. Like there's Toronto's got it all. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because we're we're from Toronto. We've been to a bunch of incredible places and I have yet to find a place that I would live other than Toronto, maybe New York. And even then I would take Toronto over New York. Yeah. Like Toronto feels like baby New York and not in a bad way. Yeah. It's a, it's a travelable New York. (laughs) Yeah. And it also just, again, doesn't have that kind of like douchiness or that kind of like, it's a very open, clumsy, like, I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing it pretty well. Um, So I think, yeah, moving out is going to be really good for you because you're going to start to have independence and really like blossom. You'll also have a space to invite people over with, uh, presumably your coworkers. I assume you're working from, from home, obviously, if you live very far away. So, you know, you'll actually get to see them, maybe go to office parties, but like come downtown, do something you love. If it's yoga yes. or kickboxing or you say board games, go to board game nights at fucking snakes and lattes. There's, There's there- yes. Everything yeah. you could literally pick anything you want and go find it, and you'll find people who have similar interests. And also, 
a lot of people in their 20s are trying to either reclaim their old friends or find new friends. It, it's just one of those things. It's, it's that time in your life when like you are no longer forced together. You're not in university. You're not in high school. And people, as you say, are going different directions and doing different things. And it, it, everyone's kind of like at different spots. And it's really hard to like keep that core group and like find good people. And a lot of people give up and that sucks. And a lot of people make do with shitty people. And that really sucks. Yeah. So you aren't too far off from anybody else's position, really. And you have the benefit of of working and actively being mindful about these people instead of just sticking with people cause. This is the era where you start finding your found family. Mm-hmm. And it is, I mean, we talk about it all the fucking time, mostly through like a male lens. But for everyone, it doesn't matter. Finding your people is so essential to happiness. I will also say if you want this like hot girl phase, which I presume is also probably like probably hooking up, I assume mm-hmm. has has played some role in it. Like, I don't think I would I would have been nearly as uh, sexually active if it wasn't once again for the nights you and I had it mm-hmm, right. Like for sure. going to the underground and stuff like I never would have done that. And it was never our goal as well. Right. And mm-hmm. that's that it goes back to who you're with when you and I would go out. We were never trolling for women or like prowling, right? We were just out being idiots, having a good time together. Mm -hmm. And that's sure. Like most of the nights, most of the best nights, or at least a solid portion of them, were literally nothing happened. And we just had a few beers, danced, and got some fucking burgers, you know? Yeah. Or made friends with random guys, you know? Like it's, it's all, and that's, I think it does help you because you're not just like, oh, I need to do hot girl summer shit. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm just having, phone with my friends and oh shit that is hot girl summer i would say one important thing to keep in mind is make sure you have your hot girl summer or your hot hot girl phase and not somebody else's yes like don't be like oh shit i need to hook up with this guy because i haven't hooked up with a guy in in two weeks even though you don't want to hot girl summer or hot girl phase could be as you say playing fucking board games it's just you living your life as best as you can and want it's not ticking boxes for anybody else yeah yeah exactly yeah i i i I could go on forever and ever because this is a topic that really excites me and is near and dear to my heart Mm -hmm. uh because it is something i attribute most of my mental well-being to i cannot stress enough how important my found family is and how you and and the guys are and Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those things where it's just like the second anyone starts talking about this shit. I just want to like, oh, I'll brag a little bit, but I also want to encourage and be like, find those people. If you have a dude that you're not super close with, but you think is cool as fuck, go have a beer with them. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, again, everybody is kind of in the same area. Even one of our closest friends, and it's crazy to me, He's like a recent enough addition who we met through Reddit. Yeah. And it feels like he's always been there. He is family. But like, even if you know someone who has a, a tight group, you never know. You might be the next member. Everybody's out there looking. I know so many people who'd be desperate to, to find a new friend. So don't think that you're alone in that. Don't do what you don't want to do. And definitely travel. Yes. And if you move to Toronto, which we highly recommend that you do. As now mentioned, do things. Go to mm-hmm. buy the the five pass at the like you know the fucking spin class thing, and go there. A friend, of, two of my friends actually have started spinning and are like now obsessed with it and like have mm-hmm. this little this little like spin girl gang going, and I fucking love it. 
So mm-hmm. do that. Do a kickboxing class. Go get a climbing pass for a month. And like mm-hmm. eventually you'll amass. They don't have to be all the same. You know what I mean? Maybe you'll pick up one cool spin friend and one cool kickboxing friend, one cool rock climbing friend. And then it's like, okay, great. I got three girls or whoever. And now we're going to go do trivia night. And yeah. that's going to be our Tuesday night thing. We go trivia. We're the fucking, you know, I was at a trivia night the other day and it was, uh, <laughs> fuck, what was the name of the team? It was three women and they were like, no balls here or something like that. <laughs> no balls about it. <laughs> something like that. And I, yeah. like, you could be those fucking cool chicks who bo- gets a bottle of wine, gets a little fucking tipsy and, and answers questions wrong. That's hot girl summer right there. Hot girl summer. But like the best thing about Toronto is there's literally everything. Like I went to a fucking thing the other day. It was a cocktail pop-up in a modern art museum that was free. And they reconstructed this bar from Japan down to like the finest details in the middle of the floor. And we're like the the artists, like, I love this bar. So I just made it piece for piece in the middle of this thing. We're serving fucking cocktails. They had like a rotating group of like random like some of the best cocktailers in the city. Cocktailers, is that the word? Cocktailers. You know what I mean? Psychologists. Um, <laughs> one of which was the best bar in North America. And they had a drag karaoke show while you were looking at art and drinking cool cocktails in this bar. And it was free and it was awesome. And like, that's just one thing. There's literally things every day. So yeah. come down, spread your wings, do fun stuff, look after yourself and don't do what you don't want to do and find some people and be chill. It's going to be great. At the end of the day, what we're saying is Toronto is awesome. This. Bro is awesome. It's <laughs> it's easy to forget that sometimes, but and it's not without its problems, but of course. It's awesome. And you sound awesome too. So I believe in you. You got this. This is from Reddit user. What's my accordion? Whoa, what is it? Who knows? Going on a date with a guy well above my social class. How do I not mess this up? Met this guy in one of my classes. He told me certain details about his family slash life that led me to believe that he's very well off compared to the average person. Definitely outside my social class. He's very down to earth, and I like him a lot. We're going to a steakhouse. How do I not mess this date up? Any tips? My table manners aren't horrible, but should I look up some etiquette things? Or maybe work on my posture? I'm usually decently put together, but I don't want him to think I'm some sort of bum. I'm just very nervous. He seems like a very nice guy, and he's also super funny, and I don't want him to think I'm not classy enough. Edit. Everyone seems to think I want to change my entire personality and demeanor. This is not true. I'm not used to going to steakhouses. That's kind of a luxury for me. I just want to be appropriately polished and classy for the activity we are doing. I kind of hate this question because Mm -hmm. it breaks my heart that this person is, again, it's like you say this guy's really nice, and then you're worried that your posture or some dinner etiquette thing. It's like, are you in a Hallmark movie? Is he a prince? Because like, <laughs> like that's exactly what I thought too. I was like, this isn't the fucking princess diaries. What are you talking about? Yeah. And the thing is, if that was the case and he was going to judge you based on that thing, then he's not very nice. And you don't want to date this person because like, wh- where does it end? I think literally the only thing you have to worry about, which I think all dates have this in common is just that you dress appropriately for where you're going. So something vaguely fancy because you're going to a steakhouse. That That's it. That's that's all you need to worry about. Yeah. And like that's every day. Every day that's like you don't show up fucking in a ball gown to Chuck E. Cheese. You don't show up in sweats if you're going out to a steakhouse. You know what I mean? Like that. that's just it. And that is literally all you should worry about. Because if this fucker is going to judge you for something as <laughs> bizarre as etiquette in your posture, then fuck him. And let's face it. Even if this is. 
you know, the fucking Princess Diaries or some sort of Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm. The the dude never gives a shit about the superficial shit. If no. anything, he wants you to be this like exactly. slumped over which which one's the salad fork? She, he like he's gonna love that. He's gonna eat that up. He's exactly. been dealing with fucking prim and proper women his whole fucking life. He wants to see he wants to see someone eating the, the soup with the fucking little spoon. Now, we do need to figure out how far along in the movie this is. Like, is this the point where you come and you nail the etiquette, but you remind him so much of all his exes that he's done with you because you're just like all the other girls until one of your friends sends him an Instagram video that you had private that shows you eating wings super messy. And he's like, gods, she's not like them. I must hasten on my stallion to Cumshire, where she lives, and scoop her up and bring her to the castle. We are actively adverting the like third act big reveal betrayal scene, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you go in with a fucking wooden board in the back of your dress to keep you upright, <laughs> and you fucking brought a little That's earpiece. It. No, we fixed it. Staple yourself to the chair before he arrives. <laughs> you know, and if you've got like a little earpiece with your ambiguously gay best friend but mm-hmm. not overtly because we can't do that on hallmark because hallmark uh, are sometimes shitheads i'm saying yeah. that because i think they changed it but they have they have changed it you know but if you've got that little earpiece in and a little like camera contact lens and he's telling you oh not that fork the one to the and left the of that earpiece inevitably in. is gonna slip out into into the, the soup like the lemon no the lemon water you get to wash your hands but it's oh. gonna slip out before she knows that that's not soup but then Um, she drinks it and that's what wins him back we're skipping to the end of the movie where he falls in love with who you really are because you haven't pretended to be anyone else yes which is also a very good thing to do in every date be you be you and if it's not good enough for him he's not good enough for you exactly It, it does kind of worry me that she's so focused on the wealth and shit Because it's like, it almost sounds like there might be ulterior motives to this date, or at least, you know, silver linings. And it's like, great, if that's the thing you're into, whatever. But it should never, ever supersede somebody who's good, somebody you can be yourself around, and somebody who treats you well. Honestly, I get the opposite. I think it's insecurity about her station. I don't think she's, I don't think she's angling anything for this dude's wealth or anything. It sounds like she's super insecure about where she's coming from and is diminishing her value. Mm Mm-hmm you know, artificially through his eyes of being like, oh, he's good as this, you know, upper class man. He's going to look at me as like a peasant. Yeah. Right. And hey, if he does great, you need to not date that guy because ugh. exactly. But at, at no point in time has she given any indication that he gives a shit. Yeah. It sounds like he's just a he's just a guy who who might happen to be wealthy. You don't even know. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry. I would just go on the date. Again, the only thing you really need to worry about is being yourself and not, okay, a few things. Be yourself. Don't let this, as Dane said, like freak you out and make you feel any lesser and just make sure you wear something steakhouse appropriate. If you want to get really granular about shit, maybe don't order like lobster or crab if you don't know how to like use a crab cracker or, you know, like how to like open up the lobster shells and all that. Because that's pretty much the only thing I could see being embarrassing. If he orders something fucking weird and you don't know what it is, just be like, I've never had this before. Mm-hmm. You're going to need to show me how to do this. And because there's nothing people like moment. more than to show people new shit. Yeah. And this thing, if he's like, oh, you can pick the wine. 
You don't have to like freak out about it and fucking be like, oh, this one. You could be like, honestly, I don't really know. I will say if you're going to a steakhouse, you usually match the protein to the wine. So heavier the protein, more full bodied the wine. If you're doing red meat, a nice Malbec will usually go down quite nicely. So there you go. A little pro tip from us right there. Yeah. Or it caps off. No one's mad at the caps off. Just don't get a Merlot. Don't get a Ugh. Merlot. Don't get a Merlot. No. What are you, a fucking divorced 50-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> divorced 50-year-old peasant? Uh, yeah. You you Pinot Grigio with a side of ice? Ugh. 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 Get out. Get you're done. Out. Actually, you're right. You you should look up etiquette, wine etiquette. They'll <laughs> kick you right out. No, you got this. You're fine. I, I think it is time for the end of the podcast. It is time. But before we do that, we like to get on online dating platforms such as Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, in an effort to make your online dating experience a little more enjoyable by combing through the profiles and seeing what works and what doesn't work. And soon, maybe other profiles, because we've been reached out by a new blossoming dating app in Canada who want to come talk to us. So who knows? We'll see if they're any good. This is a hinge prompt that has been doing the rounds on Twitter from a local Toronto based. I believe she's a comedian, among other things. Uh, And I asked her if I could use it on the show. And she said, yes. So it's just a prompt that says, let me teach you how to. And this guy has responded. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what we do on the show. So why can't he do it on dating apps? Well, because we're award winning, so we have been pro. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Hey, maybe he's really good at fucking and teaching. Yeah, maybe he's a teacher of sexual Damn. education. Damn, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, I am, however, going to give this a two. Yes, because no one wants that energy right off the bat. It's a little too much, too fast. Yeah. If you are a sexual educator, there are better ways to get across. You don't just seem like a fucking creep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is Sarah. Mostly looking for hookups. Must eat pussy. Must laugh at my jokes. Be a little afraid of me. Ruin my life, please. 80% sexy, 20% disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, the uh, word of the year is goblin mode. Yep. I feel I get strong goblin mode energy off uh, off this powerful lady. Let me tell you, nothing makes me want to go down on someone who is 20% disgusting. Yeah, that's the thing. I was up and down a lot in this in this profile because I like being like, oh, mainly hookups, must eat pussy. Fucking great. Get it, girl. Then it's like, must like must be slightly scared of me. And I'm like, okay, I, I hope it's a joke. I don't love that energy, but whatever. And that's like 80% gorgeous or whatever. Like, great. 20% disgusting. I thought it was going to (laughs) be anything but disgusting. But it also is kind of charming in a way. Like, I'm I'm curious. You know what I mean? Is it just like she mangles wings and gets sauce everywhere? Or is it actually worse? Because it could be so bad. Disgusting is is a dangerous word to use. And 20% is enough. Is enough to be upset about. Oh, for sure. Even like, I think a 5% disgusting person. Like, you just have one like stinky hand, <laughs> you know? Oof. And look, like if we, if we, I would say that the like pubic region is 20% of a person. I, it's, I, I would say a lot less than 20% of a person. I, so now I have, I have one fifth of a chance 
that Mm -hmm. the 20% of your disgustingness is the area that you are saying I must go down on? Yeah. But now you're a little scared of her. So the prophecy has been (laughs) (laughs) in true Oedipal fashion. If it's not that region, like. I I think I'd almost prefer it to be that region. At least it's like action. I don't want disgusting knees. That's the thing. If it's like the whole foot area and like, again, 20%, that's probably going up to at least mid thigh, right? We're talking just like mass, right? Okay. I'm imagining if you put a person and and then section them into fifths. Now, for for me, I'm assuming it's like, you know, from there's not that much to your legs really compared to your torso. So like it would almost be all your legs for their fifth. If you got a big old booty, that could be a 20% disgusting ass. Ugh. <laughs> That's the thing. It's like, why Why aren't you wiping? So, I don't know. The disgusting is really throwing me. I'm going to give it a six. I'm, okay, I'm giving it a four. Okay. It's, ugh, I'm, never, I'm not, that's going to be with me all night. I hope you know that. Good. Oz Brianne, aspiring geriatric prodigy. Big fan of the rewards of being loved. Not crazy about the mortifying ordeal of being known. No conservatives or landlords, please. Okay. All right. I like that energy. Uh, I don't really understand a lot of it, but I do appreciate the sentiment. I'm going to give this a six. No, I'm going to give it a seven. What do you not understand? There was a lot of stuff in the middle that maybe it's just the cold meds just <laughs> sounded like words. Big fan of the rewards of being loved. Yeah. Not crazy about the mortifying ordeal of being known. That's what I mean. What does that mean? Oh. It's like, it's nice to be, it's for me, it's, it's, it seems more like, you know, I like, having good times with my friends, but I don't like leaving my house. You know what I mean? It's like, I love being loved, but like, I hate the fact that I have to go be known to people. You know, it's, it's funny. It's like charming. Okay. I assume they're joking too. Cause it's very tongue in cheek. Yeah. I'll give it a seven. Yeah. Uh, this is Lindsay. I don't think Lindsay's joking. Oh dear. Busy schedule during the week. Love escaping on weekends to camp. Enjoys cooking, reading and history. Not interested in photographing everything I do on social media. Unvaxxed, not looking for hookups, no miscegenation. What? I don't I don't know if that's how you pronounce that word, but I did have to look it up. It's uh the mingling of races. Yeah, I was I thought it sounded something like that, and I was like, nope. Uh c- mm, okay, instant instant zero for many things. Yeah. Is there more? No, that's that's enough, I think. And what age are they? Because the boomer energy dripping from this is fucking foul she's younger than me she's 33 oh. hey guess what you fucking suck good job yeah. uh zero zero oh get what the fuck's wrong sorry what the fuck's wrong with you not you her. i love that you've looked up a fancy word to say white people only yeah you've like you really brought out your thesaurus just to be like mm, i am racist but i want people to think i'm smart it's uh, the thing i love about this and by love i mean absolutely hate is the fact that she's narrow casting such a very specific kind of shit person mm-hmm. right like that pseudo intellectual probably loves ben shapiro mm-hmm. like thinks that jordan peterson is the be all and end all of uh you know intelligent uh record or uh, discourse or you know like just that like super fake i'm smart and everything is i say is correct and i'm actually like all that kind of bullshit kermit no that was jordan peterson kermit was that you we finally have a celebrity on the podcast yeah it's uh it's bad and i hate it it's gonna be a zero 
Yeah. Uh, this is Leandra. You win some, you lose some, and only suckers worry. Uh, okay. I'm going to give this a five. I'm going to give it a four because it's, it's super bland. It's, it's just like it's what, nothing. Why bother? Yeah. Like you literally, like you win some, you lose some has got to be the most trite, cliched, beige <laughs> fucking phrasing in the world. Only suckers worry. Is it an 80s movie? What are you doing? Also, a lot of people worry for very reasonable reasons. So, like, I would say this. we're currently in a time period where worrying is 100% justified for almost every reason. Yeah, if you're not worrying, you are probably a sucker. <laughs> uh, so, a four, because I just don't know why you even tried. Well, actually, sorry, you didn't try. Yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm pumping it down to a four as well. All right. One more? Yeah, give me one more. I feel like this is a good one to end on. This is Melissa, 32, about me. You don't need to worry about impressing my father. Now, okay, hold on. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot of questions here. Are you saying, like, there's a number of ways this could go. One, it's like maybe you're rebelling. Maybe you're in that rebellious phase and, you know, rich dad, Hallmark movie situation where you're mm. looking for a bad boy to piss off the parents. Okay, maybe your dad's dead. And, like, it's funny because there's a very dark picture of her wearing some kind of, like, leather or pleather pants walking away from the camera towards a dark car in a parking lot where like only the you know the rear view lights are up so it's like red and dark it it really feels like she just sent this to her partner after killing her father oh right okay that's that's the vibes i get i think melissa has done a murder has a patricide if you will patricide yes Mm -hmm. it it (laughs) But you're right. It gives you just no, just absolutely no context, nothing at all. Is he just super chill? You don't have to worry about it. He's impressed maybe, by everything. Maybe Phil is just like hanging by the pool being like, yeah, whatever, babe, I'll trust your judgment. You do great. Yeah, maybe he like, you know, he walks down the road and it's like, oh, we got roll up the rim. And he's like, wow, how'd they do that? They printed it and then rolled it down? Or do they have some kind of printer that can go into rolls whoa it's like so you think he's impressed by everything yeah that's it phil is just he's like a golden retriever dad so you do not have to worry you're already impressing him look he's texting me right now love that name brian wow sounds like a real go-getter my roommate in college his name was brian great guy great guy (laughs) real strong trend of brian's these years i just it's it's so it's so evocative it's almost like you know it's going to be a summer for 69 for you with that, Brian, huh? huh? <laughs> love it. I'll be it, safe. It, I love you. It's very much provocative in the same way of like, you know, baby shoes for sale, never worn. You know, <laughs> well, I think that one is very clear that the baby is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the baby had huge feet. Dane, do you ever think about that? <laughs> this baby came out with huge, Just, huge cow feet or hooves. Maybe, you know, Ooh. a little, a little satyr. Hey, before we wrap this up, have you seen what horse hooves look like when they're born? They have a crazy name. What are they called? Like the, the fairy things. fingers. Fairy yeah. fingers. What? Yeah. I'm sure there's a scientific name, but it's fairy fingers. Because they're like these little like little pink like no, tendrils. Full slippers. Nope, never mind. That's an actual thing. Fairy fingers. I'm pretty sure. I saw a weird TikTok about it. Anyway, this has been our show. Thank you very much for listening. We love you. You want to know something? 
What? What, what are the things on horse's hooves called? A horse's hoof is composed of the wall, the sole, and the frog. What's the that's, frog? That's someone who's just absolutely fucking hammered. Yeah. Anyway. think about it, horses have been around for a long time, so people didn't really know what anything was. So we'll, we'll give it to them. True. Thanks, guys. We love you. We appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for spending a, an hour of your time with us talking about things, making the world sexier and happier and healthier. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you coming to us and spending time with us every week or whenever you do you're fucking great if you would like to support us please head over to our patreon and you know sign up we love the support it helps us continue doing the podcast and if we hit 25 patrons i will release the bad sex writing that is christmas themed that i wrote i think two years ago now and it's really bad it's made me shudder writing it um yeah and not with ecstasy no no it's bad it's not great. Do you have some bad sex writing for us before or after we thank our, our yeah, great well, musical boy? Thank you, Josh Eagle and the Harvest Suits for their song, Paper Stars. And uh, I will I will do a little bit of uh, this is by Courtney Mom. Oh, no. She laughed from the kitchen. It's a job perk at the Tribune. The office gets them sent over and I smuggle them out. Oh, God. A journalist. She'd tell everything to the press. Tomorrow to have my face splashed across the paper. Married man caught in culinary tryst with small-titted American. She appeared in the doorway with a recipe book in one hand and a whisk in the other that appeared to be covered in a hot cream cheese. Could you come in here and open the wine you brought? She asked coquettishly. My hands are full. My stomach dropped. I still had time to get out of there, to choose flight over fight. An attractive woman had asked me to open up a bottle of wine. It was a simple request. A turn of a corkscrew. No one had actually screwed anyone. Yet. I followed Lisa back into the kitchen, my guilt and fear dissipating with the bobbing demi-loons of her spectacularly tight ass. Nice. I always uh, address women by breast size and nationality. Yeah, right? I think that's a, I think it's an important way to classify people, especially women who need more forms of classification. Yeah, I just don't understand medium. why people hold to fuck what's it called? Um names? Names? Yeah. 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 Do you, know many, like, do you know how many people are named Sarah? Thank you. Whereas like small titted American, I know exactly. I literally know the person they're talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> There's absolutely not multiple ones of those. Also, we all know if someone asks you to open wine. I love also that like in like the sentence prior, it's like, oh, she has her, you know, she's holding uh, a, one thing in one hand and another thing in the other hand. And she asks, my hands are full. It's like... <laughs> It's not seductive, man. He, she's just saying, staying in the office, being like, I can't whip this hot cream cheese. Yeah, I don't know. Also, <laughs> like, he brought the wine. So it's like, why is he so taken aback by this? Because of the screwing motion, Niall. Uh, yeah, and that's exactly how sex goes. <laughs> you turn it around, you force it into something that's crumbling. Yeah, Ugh. until you're about, like, a li- you don't go all the way in. Just a li- no, never go. Just- hey, never go all the way through them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my name is Dave Miller. And my name is Nas Bain. And we've been your fun buddies. 